Generation X proudly brings to you its soon to be WWF Tag Team Champion of the World, the Road Dog Jesse J, the Badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws. The Outlaws, all right. What an ovation! The fans are on their feet, folks. I guarantee you ain't seen nothing yet. Now, if you're not down with that. What is up, TFA fam? Hope you are all doing well. It's yeah, boys. We are back. It is Cody and Kev get, getting ready to kick things off. The top 2021 running backs for the NFL draft. Just going to be a brief overview. So a lot of information, a lot that, you know, a lot, a lot of things that we still want to go over with them. But to me, it's pretty cut and dry. Kev is a little more excited than I am. So let's just uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another guy. This dude, Trey Sermon, right? And I, I've seen him at high as fifth, and I've seen him as low as tenth. Like, I, I can be honest, I'm not super excited about the guy. I like watching him. Like, I know he had the monster game in the Big Ten title game against against Northwestern, where he went off for 330 yards and really crushed it, right? But he's six foot one, two fifteen. He has a 14.8 college dominator, which is fucking terrible. 17th percentile, 4.6 target share. So not really utilizing the passing game. Uh, he spent three years at OU before he transferred to Ohio State. He played in eight games this year, 116 attempts, 870 rushing yards, four total touchdowns, 12 receptions for 95 yards, 469 yards after contact, which was 35th, but he was 4.04 yards after contact per attempt, which is 26. 27 rushes of 10-plus yards, 16. 33 avoided tackles after the rush, 34th. Um, some things that I felt like he had, he shows pretty pretty decent uh, contact balance, decent short area burst. But he to me, he's just kind of an average athlete. He doesn't have great speed. He isn't a running back that is likely ever going to be a bell cow back. So I don't think people are going to really trust him too much in the passing game. I think he's a functional pass catcher, but I, he's certainly not somebody that you're going to be seeing it get 60, 70 receptions or anything like that at the next level because he just wasn't used very much in the passing game. Obviously, he transferred from OU to Ohio State this year. Very limited sample size, but he was efficient this year. I will give him that. And like I said, he had that monster game. But if you really take out that game, I mean, past that, the other seven games, I mean, he wasn't like blowing you away. I mean, he really came on strong at the end. And like I said, that, that Northwestern game, he was really impressive. I watched every snap from that game, and he was impressive in that game against a really good Northwestern defense. So uh, that should be noted. But are you as high on Trey Sermon as everybody else is? Because I'm not. Like, I think I have him probably in the 8-9 range, somewhere around there. That's probably where he's going to end up for me. And the the thing that's so, like, frustrating with him is, like, if you take his, you know, his highlights and his best of clips, 
you can stack them right there with Najee and then with Javante Williams, honestly. Like, his his runs where it's just like he has a couple of those just like holy shit kind of runs. But then outside of that, it's just like a bunch of like, eh, like, all right, like it, it it's okay. I mean, he, he was never able to just outright win a role no matter where he was. Like, we can't even blame his – you know, you're talking about his college dominator. You know, we can't even blame his his lack of just like one of those years where he pops off on situation. I mean, he played in Oklahoma for three years. He had Baker, Kyler, and Jalen Hurts. And then he goes to Ohio State. In another just dream scenario with uh, you know with, with Justin Fields and all the talent they have there, and he was still splitting time with Master Teague and at Ohio State. So he he's one of those guys that, like I I feel like I want to like more. Uh, I think our own Robbie Jeffries has him as RB three in this class, and I like like if if you're only watching the highlights, I could I could see it, and I'm not you know Robbie, not not taking a dig at you, bud. But it's just one of those things where it's just like I like I want to see more of that and more consistent, and it, it honestly just wasn't uh, wasn't there for me. Well, RB three, that's 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 hot. That's that's uh, hot take. Spicy. Yeah. Uh, I might have to do a throwdown on that one with somebody because uh, I don't know if I uh, agree with that. That seems <laughs> that's, that's pretty hot. So uh, all right, so let, let's just go ahead and move it along here. I don't think we need to spend too much time on him. Let's go over to Jamar Jamar Jefferson, who from Oregon State. Like I think he's another guy that I think is being slept on a little bit in this class. He is 20, he'll be 21 years old. He's 20 right now. He turns 21 in a couple of months or a couple of months, 5'10, 217, 34.6 college dominator, which was 80 percentile, 7.4% college target share. His over his career, he had 514 attempts, 29 or 2,923 rushing yards, 27 rushing touchdowns, 43 receptions, 299 yards, two touchdowns, and 2020. Yeah, he only played in six games, but he had 133 attempts, 858 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, uh, nine receptions for 67 yards. But he broke out as a true freshman for 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, 25 receptions for 147 yards. Um, this year, he was 488 yards after contact, which is 27th, 3.67 yards after contact per attempt, and then 27 avoided tackles, 19 rushes of 10-plus yards, which, again, that was only in six games. So that was that's still pretty impressive uh, to me watching this dude. Like he shows great burst. He's a decisive runner. I mean, I think he has adequate power and body control. Lateral agility, I think, was there for him. I think he can be a home run hitter. I don't think he has elite speed either, but I think he's probably a guy that I think could easily run in the four fours. Um, I think he had excellent vision ability uh, and his ability to just quickly digest what's happening on the offensive line and pick, pick a hole or, you know, find a cutback lane and, and go, I think is certainly there for him. Um, his vision, like I said, lateral speed is probably the, uh, among the best in this class, right? Uh, some weakness, again, he, he kind of has, I don't think he has that long speed where he's going to be ripping off 90 yard touchdowns or anything like that. But for him to break out as a true freshman, at Oregon State, like I do like Jamar Jefferson quite a bit. And I think that he's somebody that should be in the top five of people's conversations because I think he has all the tools again to be right there with, with some of these guys that I think could be a sleeper among this class and somebody I think people could be a little bit more excited about. And I, I think he could go in the third or fourth round of the upcoming NFL draft as well. So I like Jamar Jefferson quite a bit. Uh, he really popped. It, it, it is hard to find tape on him. I think there's only like two games to watch on him. One's against Oregon. Um, I think the other one's against Cal. So uh, those are the two games that I watched, and he was super impressive in both of those games. Even this year in the six games, 
he rushed for over 100 yards in five of the six games that he played in as well. So uh, I like Jamar Jefferson a lot. Where do you come in on him? Yeah, he's someone I think who's he's one of those backs that's solid at everything. There's not a lot of holes in his in, in his game, but like there wasn't anything that I was just like, yep, like that's like that that's great. Like like I said, solid at everything. Not a bunch of holes. Um, you know, fluid in fluid in open space. He he does have that wiggle to his game. One of the you know. It's kind of funny whenever you look down through the the weights of this class, you basically have Harris, Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, who we're going to get to here in a little bit, and then a bunch of like two hundred and ten and two hundred pound guys. Like there's there's not a lot of not a lot of beef in this class. So I think he's at like that two fifteen two seventeen range. So he does have some wiggle to his game. Uh, like I said, like everything is just kind of like he checked the boxes, but there wasn't any like a check and a plus like a, a check and a star for me. So I, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. I think outside of the top three names, we really don't have any other, you know, round two or round one backs in this class. So I think everyone outside of those top three guys, it's going to be, you know, round three or day three as far as the draft goes. But if he lands somewhere on a on a weak depth chart, I, I could see a path to him kind of becoming the, the lead back or at least having a, a, a very fair shake at getting those lead back duties. So he like I said, someone who is is solid all across the board, does lack does lack the 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 long speed, doesn't really have that second gear either. He's kind of one of those guys who can get to his top speed and like that's kinda that's kinda it for him. But he does have all the tools, like you were saying, breaking out as a true freshman after uh after Pierce went down with the injury, he took over and then year two I think he started off the season as a starter, but then he got injured after the second game, and then Pierce came back and they split time the the rest of the way. And then this season had more rushing yards in the three games than I think he did. I mean, in the six games than I think he did in his in, in his second year. So impressive there for sure. Uh, a, a guy that I want to move it to, we have not yet talked about him. Where do you sit on Kylan Hill? He's somebody who I'm, again, like one of those guys I keep like recycling with like Gainwell and Jefferson that's at the, you know, for that five spot for me. Curious to get your thoughts on Hill. Yeah, I mean, I think he is another interesting prospect in this class. You know, also a senior, 5'11", 210. You know, th- this year, I think this was the year that everybody was kind of thought that with Mike Leach coming to town, that he was going to be far more involved in the passing game, which it's hard to say that he wasn't, considering he had 23 receptions on 27 targets in what? Was it like three games that he played? Three games, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he certainly was and, and would have been utilized heavily there. You know, going back to 2019, where he had 242 carries, 1,300 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, 18 receptions on 23 targets and 180 receiving yards. I think he's kind of an interesting prospect in this class because, again, like I, th- I think something that you really look at is his explosiveness. I think he's a very explosive runner. I think he showed at, even in a limited opportunity this year as a receiver that he certainly can do that. And I think he's a cons- you know somebody that really consistently was able to kind of break tackles. Uh, he had 116 broken tackles on, on his 453 career carries. So, I mean, there's lots of like there with Kylan Hill. And I, I think, he, again, I think he's another one of those dudes that I think people are going to have all over the place because – uh, in this class, because I, I think for me, anyways, watching him, um, I think he has the potential to, or could be a three down work, uh, a three down back. He has the size to do so. Um, it, it's kind of like with Jamar Jefferson as well. I've seen people knock 
his size at 5'11", 210. But, I mean, that is big enough to be an NFL, I mean, to be a three-down back. Like, you know, I, I don't quite understand. The, is it the same thing with Jamar Jefferson? People look like we're knocking his size. Like, he's 217. What are you talking about? Like, like well, what is wrong with that? Like, he's not Aaron Jones back there. I mean, Aaron Jones is a lead back in this league. Now, he's not getting 80% of the workload. You know, he, may, maybe Kylan Hill is somebody where he fits more in the Aaron Jones role where he gets 15 to 17 touches per game. But he's certainly adequate in everything that he's able to do. And I thought he was, again, another guy that I think I would probably have above a Trey Sermon. I would ha- have him above uh, Stevenson. And, and so I think I would probably have him around seven or eight in terms of where I would rank him among these uh, among these running backs. But again, I think he's somebody that I think was impressive. But he's a guy that also you can watch a video on because Cody did a draft profile on Kylan Hill. So why don't you wax poetically on him? Yeah, man. Uh, really, the the thing that comes down with with me, he he, he has bursts. He's athletic enough. Uh, you know, size, all that checks out. Catching ability. He had more catches in the three games with Leach than he had in any other season, and that was just in three games. Like I think all of his other uh, outside of his freshman year, he hit twenty. Uh, 20 or more catches in all the other seasons as well. So he, he's an adequate uh, pass catcher. The thing with him, he was the, as far as the guys that I did profiles on, I think he needs to go to a, a system that's going to run a bunch of like power and gap schemes. I don't think he would fit too well in, in, a, in a zone scheme where he's going to be tasked with finding cutback lanes and use, using his vision. His vision was just, it was, how you were saying with Carter, where Carter's vision was good, but there were some inconsistencies where he saw like he missed some stuff. It's kind of the reverse for me with with Colin Hill. There was a lot that he missed, and then a couple of times he he got it right. He's one of those one of those guys where it's like, all right, this run is going to the B gap. I'm just I'm fucking going right there. Like like he he's aggressive. He he does have the the power. He runs angry, but there are a lot of times where if that hole isn't there. He's getting like two or three yards, and and that's it. But I, I like I said, strength, power, burst, athleticism, all that is there. But I do think he needs that system fit in order to have the biggest, the biggest impact for your for your fantasy teams. And then just some uh, some of the other numbers real quick for him. Twenty nineteen again, going back to there because he uh, obviously didn't get a bunch of opportunity in twenty twenty. The 2019 tied for the ninth most runs of 15 plus yards. And then for his broken, uh, for his evaded tackles, I think he was 17th with uh, with 61 in 2019. So again, all around uh, solid s- skill set. But let's move on to our next one. Let's go ahead and talk about the somebody that I think is one of the most interesting prospects of this entire group is Chuba Hubbard, right? Chuba is... Had he, I mean, last year just fucking dominated in 2019. He is, he's six foot one, 207, has a 40.4 college dominator, which is 40th percentile, 8.6 target share, 65th percentile. But it is almost night and day from what happened his sophomore to his junior year. His sophomore year, he led the nation with carries with 328 attempts, but he had 2,094 rushing yards, 21 touchdowns, 23 receptions for 198 yards. But this year, his junior year, seven games, 133 carries, 625 yards, six touchdowns, 
52 for 52 yards. Now he did suffer an ankle injury and we don't really know the severity of it because teams don't really talk about that. And on the college level, we don't get the same access to injuries like we do in the NFL level. So I, I don't know exactly what it was. It could have been like a high ankle sprain or something like that. If it was, then maybe explain a little bit of, of why he kind of dipped a little bit this year, but for this year, I mean, he had 353 yards after contact, nine carries of 15-plus yards, and 22 missed tackles fours. If you go back to last year, in 2019, 1,300 yards after contact. I was like, is that right? Like, 1,300 yards after contact is fucking ridiculous, okay? Which, again, was was first um, it, among, all, among all FBS running backs. Uh, 3.96 yards after contact per attempt. Uh, 77 avoided tackles after the rush, which was seventh. 49 carries of 10-plus yards. Fourth, the guy, the guy was electric, right? And and I think for most people, was going to be one of the top running backs of last year's class. Everybody was super fucking amped about him. He came back. Again, people were kind of surprised that he ended up coming back. He did, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out the same way it worked out for Najee Harris and because he definitely just didn't look as much like the same guy this year. Some strengths when watching him, the dude has absolute track speed. Okay, like he has that fucking gear to get up and fucking go. When he hits that hole, he's gone. You ain't catching him from behind. If he gets that second level of the defense, and he's done. Like he's gonna throw up the deuces at you. He's gone. He's a decisive runner when he hits the hole hard and he sees a crease. But sometimes he plays too much into that and will run right in the back of his fucking defense because he tries to just go. I think he also he has a terrific jump cut ability. I think as well. Uh, some weaknesses, uh, he is fucking god-awful as a pass blocker. You're not going to ask him to be a pass blocker at the next level. And he does have a smaller frame. He is six foot one, but only 207. But again, if he can put on some more weight, there were some things that, that, that I know I've seen people talk about with him. That he kind of avoids contact and stuff like that. I didn't really see that. Like watching him, like I saw him multiple times run, you know, uh, run physically and was able to pick up extra yards, carry the pile you know, down the field or, or get into the end zone. And so like, I, I, that wasn't as big of a concern for me. I will say he also had seven fumbles in two seasons, so he's going to have to clean that up a little bit. But I don't know if there's a more interesting prospect than this guy because the stock was so high on him, and then he had a bad year this year, and now it's fucking in the gutter where people are just, like, dead. Like, like he's like there's people that uh, he might be their 11th or 12th running back in this class. And I think that, that the hate has gone too far with him as well. Like, like, again, we don't know all the circumstances. Like, I don't know how bad this ankle injury was he was running on. Um, I know I, I've also seen some some concern with the scheme that they run in, in Oklahoma State and how well it translates to the NFL level and stuff like that. But, like, the, there's a lot of stuff there to really like about Chubba Hubbard. But I also understand the, some of the, the reasons people have hesitancies towards him. But I think he could end up being, like, the biggest miss in this draft class that we could end up looking back on and people are like, damn. All right, I, I I bought too much into the recency bias because like the dude is electric when you watch him and like when he hits when he hits that fucking hole and he and he's able to hit that crease and he, it's gone he's done like he he's in the end zone. Where do you come in on him? Like because for me, one aspect of me when it comes to this stuff is I don't really watch a lot of college football. I'm not the guy that watches college football all Saturday and and watching the guys for their entire career. I knew of Chuba Hubbard, or Chuba Hubbard. I heard of, I heard about him. I knew that he was somebody that people were excited about heading into last year. This is my first time diving into him, and while I'm watching, I'm like, I was, I got pretty excited watching. Him. I'm like, okay, this guy's fun to watch. There, there was, there was definitely some weaknesses there, but like, I'm like, why is everybody hating on this dude? And then when I started looking into his, his uh, advanced metrics, especially 2019, I'm like, okay, boys, like this guy's exciting. Like, I mean, I texted you last night. I'm like, this guy at 1,300 yards after contact, 
I'm like, what? Why are we not talking about this guy? I guess you're more in the dynasty community and you're more of this stuff. So why don't you tell me why people are not as excited about uh, Chuba Hubbard? I think it does have a lot to do with the recency bias, like you were touching on. Uh, you also touched on, you know, th- some people, uh, you know, kind of question his, you know, his aggressiveness and saying that he's hesitant with, you know, with contact. I am also one of. I, I fall into that bucket of those people. I, th- there just were some times where he was he he was hesitant going up to the the line. Like there's a, I talked about how much I liked Michael Carter's patience, but there's like such a fine line with running backs between being patient and being hesitant. And I like to me, it just came across with Hubbard as as hesitancy. Uh, you know, like what didn't seem like he was like too comfortable with contact, like at the line. You get him in space and get him like uh, you know to run into someone, he's fine. You know, as, as far as that goes, like you said, you know, his after his freshman year, he was behind Justice Hill. Everyone was talking about him as like a potential breakout candidate. He came out and fucking smashed. And now all of a sudden, everyone's just like, oh, you know what? I didn't actually really ever like him. So let's, you know, especially after this year. So I, I don't necessarily get that either. I, I like I said, I do have some questions with him as, as far as the, you know, you mentioned he has track speed. He has like literal actual track speed. If you go look at his background and in Canada, like he was competing in like international competitions and shit. And just to give you guys uh, an idea, I found this. And when he was 17, he ran a 10.55 hundred meter dash. Henry Ruggs ran a 10.58 100 meter yard dash. And obviously there's a little bit of a size difference there between those two. And then Hubbard also had a 200 meter sprint in 22.07 seconds, and that was two seconds faster than what DeAndre Swift ran it in high school. So he like when Kev says he has track speed, it's actually like literal track speed. But the, the thing that I wanted to see more of with him is it does take him a little bit uh, to to get going. He doesn't have that initial acceleration right out of the hole where he's getting up to that, you know, that track speed right away. It does take him a little bit to, to get going. So that I, for me, I was kind of just like wanting more. I was wanting to see that burst and acceleration like somebody, uh, you know, Travis Etienne, who's just going to be able to get to that right away. You're not going to obviously take away his speed from him, but just in terms of getting going, I wanted to see that be a little bit faster. But with with, with all these guys, honestly, I, I think – I'm hoping anyway the NFL draft is going to help get get some actual uh, some clarity to this group because there there are some guys who are who are interesting that I'm intrigued by but I just don't really know what to, like there's no one that's really jumping above everybody else so I'm hoping that with you know day you know late day two early day three capital landing on a on a on a team that has a has a weak depth chart can push some of these guys up. Because it would be interesting to see uh, to see where he lands. Like I said, like I, there's a lot to like about his game. There's certainly some weaknesses there, some things that he needs to clean up, and you know how well he'll translate to the NFL. But it, it was it was hard not to uh, to you know get a little excited when kind of looking at him and some of the stuff that he did in 2019. And then I believe the last guy we have to talk about is um, is Stevenson, uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of OU. Uh, he is six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, he might be two forty. I don't know. I mean, he look, the, the, sometimes watch him look like he might have been two forty five, like Eddie Lacy out there. 
Uh, but he had a, a 26% college dominator, 6.9 target share. Wasn't used heavily, only 101 attempts, 665 yards, seven touchdowns, 18 receptions for 23 targets, 211 receiving yards. He did it. He, now, he was pretty damn efficient on the limited opportunities that he had. 36 missed tackles, force, which was 26, 393 yards after contact, with 12 carries at 15 plus yards. For a man his size, I mean, he has uh, pretty, where he's able to kind of stop and go, uh, you know, on a dime, uh, or I should say at a dime, but much, much more impressive than uh, a guy his size that I wasn't really expecting to see. He has terrific uh, cutting ability. Um, he is, like I said, an uber efficient runner. Um, tends, but one thing that really stood out to me, like, there was oftentimes I would see him and he would run like he's like a smaller back, right? Where I think that's a problem. Instead of like initiating contact and wanting to just run through a motherfucker's face like Javante Williams does, he tries to win with his trying to be more elusive and stuff like that. But when you're this fucking size, I'm like, dude, just run through motherfuckers. And it really kind of made me remember and feel like I was watching Deontay Foreman out of Texas because he was the same way. And that was the biggest knock about him coming out was that he often would try to run like he is a 210-pound running back whenever he was a 230-pound back. And it, it is a red flag for me when it comes to him. But it's hard to deny how efficient he was in limited opportunity. You know, how does that translate to the next level? I don't know. I think he could end up being maybe like a – maybe his ceiling is like Marion Barber. So something like that where he's more of just a that thunder to or LeGarrette Blunt type where he's kind of the goal line third down back if he gets that role. Uh, I think you're probably looking at him being like probably a fifth or sixth round pick, a day, a day three pick. I know some people have him again. I've seen some people have him in, in the top five. All all these guys, once you get past the top three, okay, are like you're going to see a jumble of, of all these guys for, for anywhere you'll look. Everybody has a little bit of different taste, different flavoring. Uh, for me, I, I, he'd probably be 10 for me on this list, maybe even a little bit lower th than, than that because there's some other guys that maybe we can hit on quickly after this. But for me, efficiency was definitely there. It was impressive to see what he was able to do at his um, because it, it was impressive. But it also makes you kind of wonder why Oklahoma didn't really ever commit to him and really give him um, a large work. It's going to be a no for me, dog. I uh, just he, He's one of those guys that if this were like 15 years ago, I, I would be more excited about. I, I think you kind of – I did get LeGarrette Blunt vibes, but like the the discount version, like the Walmart brand of LeGarrette Blunt where he's just – he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't really run with that aggressiveness that you want to see. Like, LeGarrette Blood would just lower the shoulder pads and just run you over. You don't see that from him too much. And, you know, it's not like we we didn't we didn't look at LeGarrette Blood as being, like, some superb athlete either. But I don't even think he's the athlete that LeGarrette Blunt was. So, like, he's just someone who I'm not really excited about. And I think in terms of fantasy, like, we, we have to look at, like, what is his actual upside? Like, and that's kind of, like, where... It, would it surprise me if he had some Matt Asiata weeks where he just you know falls into the falls into the end zone three times and ends up with a with an RB one week? No, it wouldn't. But I think he's gonna you know he's gonna be much better off as a it's kind of like that goal line short yardage uh, committee type back. He's not really someone who I'm gonna be targeting in my rookie draft just because I really don't see the the upside with him. I, th I think he's fine as a pass catcher. He's capable. I, there, there were some plays I watched where it was just like, oh, okay, you know, he, he can catch. You're not going to put him in the slot. You're not going to send him out on routes. He's going to be more of a, a screen and a dump off guy, more so than an asset in the, uh, in the passing game. 
So whenever I'm looking at guys past him, I mean, I think someone who I'm going to be keeping an eye on in terms of their landing spot and draft capital, somebody like Rakeem Boyd out of Arkansas, he kind of gave me Marlon Mack kind of vibes from whenever he was in college, uh, currently listed at 200 pounds. And I, you know, he has a frame where I think he could put a little bit more weight on, had some juice. He's someone who I want to dive into his background a little bit more because depending on which recruiting or scouting site you're looking at, he was a uh, as, as high as a four-star athlete, a four-star prospect, rather. He was originally committed to Texas A&M. Like I said, I'm not entirely sure what happened, but he ended up going the JUCO route, and then he ended up at, at Arkansas. But he has, he has juice. Uh, he, he does run with, uh, with some aggressiveness, too, some decent contact balance. So he's someone who, who I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on. And also Spencer Brown out of UAB, just someone who I think could end up surprising a little bit. Or like I said, if they get on a weak depth chart, something like that where they could, you know, kind of pop off in, in training camp. So those are those are two names of guys who I'm kind of just kind of waiting in the weeds, kind of peeking through and just waiting to see what, what happens with them. Yeah, and I, I think for me, I think a couple of guys that at least I'm going to be um, kind of digging into a little bit more, guys like Javion Hawkins from Louisville, uh, Khalil Herbert from um, Virginia Tech, and then you got guys like you know Jarrett Patterson, Elijah Mitchell that people have really uh, that people have started to get excited about. Larry Roundtree, who really uh, put on a kind of a show at the Senior Bowl, did uh, really well. Played at Mizzou, guy that I've watched a lot because uh, if if I do watch college football, it is definitely Mizzou. I try to watch most of their games. Um, and let's be honest, like their offensive line was fucking terrible. I was looking at their adjusted line yards; they're like ninety fifth in the country in adjusted line yards. And so for him to be able to be as um, as good as he was this past year for Mizzou, he he is someone that that carries more of a three down workhorse requisite. He's he's got the size; he can be a, a a pass catcher out of the backfield as well. But I think he's probably going to end up being probably a day three pick, probably more of a fifth sixth round guy. I have some people that I have seen some people that, that project and thought that maybe he could be a third round guy. I I don't see it. I don't think he's going to go that high. But I do think that he is an all around good prospect but not somebody that i think is really going to stand out and just flash to you as you watch them i think those will probably be the guys maybe you know here in a couple of months about a month or a month and a half maybe we'll do another video and we'll kind of we'll probably revisit this and maybe we can talk a little bit more in depth on some of these other dudes that, that people should be paying attention to uh for your rookie drafts and stuff like that guys you maybe would want to target in the third or fourth round of your rookie draft as kind of flyers because i think there, there's going to be some more guys in here that we can get to because we're still early in the process obviously we don't have a combine this year which sucks because I think that at least gives you some uh, ideas. We're going to start getting pro days, which is good because they're going to be run by NFL teams. They're not going to be run by the colleges. So you're so some of those funky numbers that we see or we can't really trust, I think it's going to be a little bit more um, on point to what maybe a little closer to the combine numbers than, than it would be. So I am looking forward to that. And, you know, we are going to be getting into the rest of these, these position groups. I know the wide receiver. Listen, the wide receiver is the, the, the cream of the crop of this class, okay? This wide receiver class might be better than last year's uh, rookie class, okay, in terms of the wide receivers. So I am really excited when we get into that. We'll also talk about the the quarterbacks, and we'll talk about the tight ends, because I think the tight ends class actually is much better this year than what it what it has been, at least what, what it was last year. Um, th there's four or five guys in this tight end class that are going to be fun, so we'll talk about those guys. So um, I just want to throw that out there as well. Yeah, drop a comment. Let us know who you like, maybe some sleepers that we didn't touch on. And uh, make sure you are subscribed, hit us with a like, and we will talk to you all very soon. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better come!
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.